1: Visit the Bedfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to bedfredsports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, wow, this is cool. Live, right? Yeah, let's do it live. Are we doing live or are we recording for... Posterity? this? Is, well, it's live for the people that are here. Correct. And uh, in pos- uh, for posterity for people who can't.
2: Yes. All right, for my posterior. So, huh?
1: Nice. Yes.
0: So we we'll just want we'll to we'll just kick it off.
1: Well, let's let's wait for the. Well, he said five. So Thank the doors. Thank you so are, much, they, for they guys. Doors. I
2: appreciate you. It's been it's been <laughs> right. I'm a busy <laughs> man. Here, I'm out. Oh yeah, this is fantastic, man. My buddy Jason Bachin. This, this, this other guy. <laughs> this this guy. guy. Who are you? Uh, well, well, are you Cobras or are you Fire? fire. Uh, I'm neither.
0: I'm neither. <laughs> but uh, welcome to Cobras and Fire. We are here today with Ron Keel. I am one of your hosts, L.C. Hey. That, and... He, I, I, I admit,
3: what? I wasn't recording, but if you want
1: to start... You're listening to the Cobras and Fire podcast, live from Nashville, Tennessee, at Rockin' Pod 2021, 20, the special guest, the metal cowboy, Ron Keel.
3: Well, I've been water-
0: I'm your host, Elsie, and I'm joined as always with the travel-weary Baco. How are you, sir? Well, let me tell
1: you, Loose, I just flew into town, and boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> nice. Oh, man, I am well. Yeah, we're a good week away from landing from Rockin' Pod, but um, I- I'm doing good. Uh, did, was uh, everything good when you got home? Uh, you got home early, if I understand right, and I uh, got to see the kids and, and, and tuck them in. and. uh eh. Not that, not that early, about, not
0: that <laughs> early, not that, but but earlier, but uh, yeah, yeah, my, my my travel was basically eh, for the most part uneventful.
1: I think the horseshoe has flipped a little bit. Uh, um, you're carrying it now, um, and because uh, I, I had <laughs> very much uh, uh travel experience, uh, especially going home, but yeah, yes. So, Uh, Just a quick recap on that. So flying in, as you know, my plane got delayed, but it was only about an hour. I was still at the the hotel by, I think, about right around 3 o'clock. so not a big deal there. Uh, No major delays coming in. It was still kind of inconvenient, but I just went to the bar and had a beer. Um, But leaving, though, we were already going to be at the airport a few hours early, but then almost immediately, within about, I don't know, 20 minutes of saying our goodbyes, I get a text from uh, uh, Sun Country saying that my flight was delayed about an hour.
0: Ooh, so, should, I, should I jump in about about what happened uh, prior to that though too for what's, us? What's that? Trying to be together, everything was against us, man. Finally, at the airport, <laughs> even trying to have a meal together.
1: Yeah, part of my my experience here just reminded me of of, of that. So I okay, suppose good. yeah, let's let's touch on that a little bit right now. Like I said, we were at the airport a few hours early, so we were going to have a meal, just kind of like a late lunch, early dinner kind of thing. Just you know because we had some time before our flights, but. We were at very different gates on different end of the airport, so our only option was like this coffee shop with really shitty food and shitty coffee, and so we 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 shared a bottle of water. <laughs> well, we didn't share it. We sh- I think yeah, we, we, we I got yeah. a bottle of
0: water. I can't remember what you got. What'd you get? A a, a diet coke. Uh, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Something yeah, like pretty that. Pretty much like it was it was a place, it was just a horrible place, but we were at two different security places, so we couldn't even share a meal together is the point.
1: Yeah. Terrible. Um, so anyway, uh, but before I even get to my gate, I got that message that Sun Country had delayed my flight about an hour, so I'm already in for it a little longer, and I'm like, well, you know, I, I'm still a little hungry, so I'm looking to get something to eat, and I've never spent a lot of time in an airport. I've been fortunate not to have a lot of delays in, in any of my travels. I've heard over the years, uh, as a matter of fact, the first sign I see when I get into Minneapolis is a big banner that says, Four years in a row, best airport in America. And I guess I just took it for granted. There are a ton of meal options, places to eat, to sit down, to go into, all sorts of choices. There was basically uh, two bodegas that sold like uh, chicken wraps and (laughs) one place that had like seating. And of course, that's just mobbed. And so, but at the same time, I'm like, well, I got nothing better to do, but so I stood in line, waited about 45 minutes, was able to pony up to the bar and uh, I had the worst burger I've ever paid $20 for in my life. Um, uh, And again, uh, part of the deal was that like, you know... I I wasn't in no shape to even like have a beer or you know kill the time at a bar. You know what I mean. I just I just wanted to go home. I was tired. I was hungover, and this was just of course the worst timing as far as all that goes. But so poor Baco. While I'm at at the at the I can't remember what the restaurant was even called, but I'm having my twenty dollar dry burger with with potato chips, not fries. Um, I get another message saying that the flight was delayed another forty five minutes, and by the time I finish my meal, pay for it, and get to the gate. It had been delayed a third time, about another Good 50 Lord. minutes. So the, the long end of it is that I was supposed to land about 10.05. I got in, I think, I don't know, just before midnight was my actual arrival time in, in Minneapolis-St. Paul. So remember when I landed, though, uh, when I got to the airport, I texted you. You were probably in the air when I sent the initial text. But from my front door to my gate, going to Nashville, uh, 47 total minutes. That includes security and everything, right? Right, right. Pretty fucking smooth. That I mean, I, I parked at a shuttle, took a shuttle to the airport, went through security, and I still 47 total minutes. I didn't get home for an hour and a half, and that was, my, I get to the and, the, and my gate was real close, so I, I got to the, the, the shuttle area pretty quick, didn't have to go through security. I waited 45 minutes for my fucking shuttle to, a, I probably could have walked to the fucking parking ramp from where I was at if there was a way to do it. It's all freeways there, so there's not. Yep. Just one thing after another. So yeah, I didn't stroll into my actual own house till sometime after one o'clock, and uh, uh, and then of course I just get mobbed by the cats. They're like, "Where the hell have you been?"
0: <laughs> uh, what,
1: a, what a welcome return! Yes, yeah, it's, so, it's a beautiful
0: uh, it's a beautiful image. All your all your cats
1: jumping on you. <laughs> and it's weird, is that like I'm also like really fucking tired, but still kind of wound up. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I just can't. So I yeah, I fired up the TV, and I don't know, had a bowl of cereal, and then finally crawled into bed and. Of course I had to get up in 5 hours to take my wife to work but at least I had the day off. Um and that was a day of rest for the most part uh but even then I could still feel like you know I really uh you know I I I think it's because of you you know I've changed my 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 drinking habits for the most part but I think I relived some glory years on those two days. <laughs> because, because I don't really typically get that hungover, you know what I mean. But I was still f- feeling that Tuesday morning going into work, and I was wow. just like, uh, man, uh, I, <laughs> you know, it, anytime I end the night with some hard liquor, you it, it, it's always the the case, you know what I mean, so. Uh, but, yeah, thanks yeah. to the Ages and Rock guys for the uh, the, the Dixie Cup shot of uh, whiskey. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> Here's a very nice whiskey in a Dixie Cup. Enjoy.
1: So, anyway, Luce, I think either uh, you've passed your travel uh, luck on to me, or we can just say it. sometimes it just happens to, to all of us. So, I'm actually, uh, I, I just embrace the idea that you
0: were able to catch an earlier flight and pretty much have your travel in and out pretty smooth. You You deserve it. Well, thank you. Yes, I, 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 I enjoy listening to your pain. I had no <laughs> issue showing up. I was able to get an earlier flight out. Um, I, I did experience the fact that there is no place to eat now because the places are shuttered and there's no staff. I had my meal was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich out mm. of a bodega as well Yeah, <laughs> there wasn't anything. or waiting 45 minutes for for for. Uh, for a place like that. I didn't see whatever. any places that weren't open.
1: There was just no... Th- I even went to, like, you know, there's there's two gates on each end of the airport. I went to the other gate and I'm like, why not? What the fuck else am I gonna do? Let me go see what they have to eat down here. Same deal. One restaurant, one, one bodega.
0: So... Yeah, yeah, it's funny. That's the first time I've actually paid for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> in my life. Like a fucking child yeah. that would get everything like that. I'm like that or the scary meat that's been sitting here. I'm just not sure about that. It was like that. It was like This will get me through. Yeah. But uh, yeah, very smooth. No problem on my end. Right um, on. I, I love the, I love hearing the pain. Yeah, the and the, no, those minutes they just tick by so slow. Oh, oh yes, they man. do.
1: It's it's not like a it, it was the opposite of like Saturday at Rockin' Pod where you wake up and next thing you know it's six o'clock and you gotta go to see Kiss Meets Fen with a park.
0: Exactly. But I'm saying that all it would have taken is for the security to be in the damn place. Then we could we could have had a great meal, we could have party, who cares when the yeah. plane's leaving? We're getting drunk at an airport. Oh,
1: one bonus thing. They finally yeah. get the plane ready to load. Their yeah. their their ticket scanner wasn't working. So, no, no <laughs> shit. Uh, they loaded it fairly. You know what? They managed to get through it okay, but uh, they they had you go up, and they, they had a, a woman look at your thing, and she would read a number to another woman who had a clipboard and would check it off, and then you would <laughs> go in like that. And then I sit next to this old couple, and of course, this old guy, he fucking sees that the plane's cracked in half and gonna fall apart in the sky and points it out to the stewardess. So that's on the top of my fucking head. I already have like this thing, like, you know, the planes crash typically on takeoff or landing, right? So every time you're getting ready to take off, I'm like, this'll be it if it's gonna happen. And same with landing. And like, you know, so I'm like, no, I got this extra thing. I'm like, oh, there's a fucking crack in the hull. We're just gonna (laughs) snap in half. Thanks a lot. that guy pointed oh. it out. Yeah, he's like, he's like, should I say something? I'm like, I have no idea what they're talking about. Oh, and then uh, he, he gets a stewardess. He's like, is that is that supposed to look like that? Is that always like oh. that? Is that normal? And he's it's basically like- just like you know, a little seam is kind of pulled apart in the. Uh, of course, you know, the, the 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 paneling inside the plane isn't what fucking holds the plane together. I'm not an idiot, but I'm still fucking kind of like I don't know. Superstitious, <laughs> yeah. You know, like I don't well, no, need no. that. It's
0: it's like you basically had William Shatner from like the Twilight yeah! Zone with with you, like pointing out the thing on the wing and getting everybody riled up. I had I I had that real quick on on that too. When we were coming in, the only thing that was kind of uh, uh, scary was we're, we're about to land, and all of a sudden we felt us go back up, and the and the captain gets on the, the mic and he's just like, "Hey, uh, sorry about that, guys. I like I missed." It. <laughs> or like we're, we're gonna or something like that we're, like, we're gonna take another t- try at that and we went to this huge circle and I'm like thinking like oh what the fuck is this like a rookie like this guy couldn't even land the first time now we're gonna land and I'm like and I'm thinking that I have in my travel case all these jerk socks what if they find in the wreckage like all this kind of stuff mm. like embarrassing stuff left over like tracing it back to me I'm like this is how this is how I'm gonna end <laughs> But uh, you do have that thought in your mind, like is this yeah. going to go down? Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be the, how it goes. <laughs> That's what I mean. Why
1: did the pilot even admit that? I mean, just like, is anybody really? Gonna I know. know. I would have it's known. Like, I would yeah. just.
0: You know, just just go about your business. Don't tell me you're a fuck up. Oh,
1: man. It's funny. You mentioned that William Shatner thing because we were right in the wing and the, those two fell asleep. Oh. And I looked out the window <laughs> and it, all you saw was the wing, but it was black and then a flashing red light. And I really wanted to like film some of it so I could make like a oh, dumb video God. where I could just kind of splice in like my face or something. But I don't know. Yeah. And then put on like a gorilla outfit and dance on the wing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would, that might need to get Bud Bergie to help me with that level of uh, video editing, mm. but uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You got connections. Hook yeah. it up. <laughs> Make the story real. I would add. It would be funny if that guy wakes up and I'm leaned over him in his wife's lap trying to film the wing. You <laughs> in hindsight, I should have gone for it. Yes, I always right. go
0: through instinct. But uh, enough about the the yeah, the the. the, the Hard times of Baco. So yes, I, I I have the hard times of. I didn't have any travel issues, but I did want to because uh, we are going into. We actually do. This is actually the intro for yeah. for,
1: for a Ron Q interview, right? Yeah, that's what we want to do. We get a little. Uh, we get off on some personal issues, but, uh, but yeah, but the, okay. the Ron Q live. We did. The, we did the live podcast. It was a half hour show, um, live there at the at the expo. They had a room set up for for live. Uh, episodes. I'm not saying that very well. So they had a room set up at the expo basically for for live podcasts. Ours was at I think 3:30 with Ron Keel as a guest. So the three yes. of us are, are basically, you know, in front of this huge crowd. <laughs>
0: no, actually well, I was we'll very I was very was, pleased with the attendance. Yeah, I mean, it had, it seated maybe 30? Yeah, something like that. To say, yeah. And uh 50 whatever. But I, I didn't see uh people were sta- it was standing room only. Yeah.
1: Well or I least, think I think Toomey was just standing because he
0: didn't want to sit down <laughs> like, but that
3: that, that leads the standing room man there's a couple you, seats open
0: it was hundred percent capacity plus yeah. fire code issues yeah 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 we got shut down for for too many people <laughs> sure yeah but uh, but could I give you a little bit of uh, why well, I didn't have any travel things but I just want to give you a little bit of behind the scenes to the people because you know this this shows uh, this, this is the interview show but this show's also about us yeah oh yeah it's all about us man. Exactly. As, okay. it, you, as people so, will soon find out when they hear Ron. So yeah, but before we go into the interview with Ron Q this is all going to tie, tie into this at the end of this little uh, little bit. But uh, I've been told jokes here and there that this whole uh, LC is just a character and he's just uh, playing a role and it's just a bit and it's a morning zoo stuff. And I got to tell you, people, I think that I am more real on this show with telling, telling people things than I am a lot in real life situations. Cool? Mm-hmm. And And with that said, I got to tell you, Uh, let me tell you a little bit behind the scenes and that is that uh, this, this expo more than other expos, uh, which, which maybe I should have had a little bit more anxiety for, I was just full of anxiety for whatever it was I had, but I'm going to call the podcaster yips coming into this Mm, and everything. And especially for this interview and and you'll hear it with it when I make some key points here. Um, and that is, you know, uh, Seventeen, nineteen. We're asking ridiculous questions. We're asking people like you know. We're offering jerk socks and and s- taking silly things jerk to. Sock. Yeah, jerk sock. <laughs> just just offer it right in the beginning, <laughs> like offering a mint in the, in the beginning of an interview. Where where and I had questions for. All the different guests, including Ron Keel, that I, I had, again, I'm just going to call it the podcaster yips, where I had self-doubt, all this stuff like that. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to go with what's comfortable and ask them. And they're, the interviews are all fine mm-hmm. and everything like that. And you'll hear me ask questions of Ron Keel that are fine. But I had things that I just, I just lost. All of a sudden, I had anxiety about these, these questions suck. And I just took a back seat. And was I not kind of full of anxiety leading up to that interview? You yes.
1: were. You actually tipped it off. Remember, uh, you told me that you were getting a little nervous about it a couple hours ahead of time. And I, my advice to you, maybe you actually should have taken my horrible advice, which was have a couple drinks. Uh, but It wouldn't have helped. Yeah, I, yeah, we're all we all approach things differently, but yeah, no, I, I I kid of course, but um, that probably helped. It planted a seed in the back of my mind, you know. But I I was like, oh, whatever, we got a time, and I just thought, don't worry about it. He's you just be cool.
0: <laughs> I know, I know, but 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 my whole, whole thing about that is that it uh, is two things. One is to say that 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 I knew going to the wrong keel, that even if I had this and I had my questions, that you had built this great rapport with him over over the years and everything, obviously, with all your interviews. And you had this great game, ready to go, and everything. (laughs) Half the show was going to be the game, we figured. So the the, the initial plan was to kind of let you take the
1: lead on the first half.
0: Yeah, but uh, so I have so I have all all these, right, but that, that did not happen. And the first half was basically an intro that, that I had basically uh, uh, like a starter in an Olympic event. I had like premature or, or false start. I just want to get this over with Pre-come. the entire time. The entire time, if you could tell from the tenor of my uh, uh, tone of my voice or anything like that, I have a clicking... T- uh, uh, you know, a, a countdown just like, I, I want this to be over and, and everything like that. So the, the point being is, is this, is that uh, first, I'm I am grateful to have such a uh, great co-host that can take the reins in these situations uh-huh. and had planning and things like that. And the second it thing could have been a lot worse if it wasn't Ron
1: Keel. You know what I mean? Uh, like if that would have been the Billy Sheen interview. I would have maybe I would have thought about it ahead of time or when you talked to me, but if I would have had nothing prepared like I did with Ron, I don't know
0: that I would have been able to pull it off with somebody else. but right. right. and, 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 and you'll listen to the other if you've heard the other interviews, you'll see interviews are all fine and everything like that. yeah but, but, but during that I had I, I had there was tons of things written down that I just did not do. So this is more of a public service announcement to people in general. Listen. I listen to podcasts to escape, to listen to have fun, all that kind of thing. But we're all human, and sometimes when we have those voices in your heads, you know what? Get the fuck over yourself. And that's yeah. exactly like how I look back on that. and there's, there's no reason to listen to that bullshit. You have to go with what makes you guys everybody unique and everything. And and if if, if it's a way of asking questions, ask those goddamn questions. What's the worst thing that can happen? That's yeah. all. That's my little. Uh, that's my little. Uh, you know, That's Tony probably the Robbins. best takeaway
1: that way there, and is to remind yourself that how bad could it really go? And it could be, by the way, really bad. But who cares? It's just a fucking podcast.
0: <laughs> That's the, the whole th- thing. I probably made the right decision because also asking questions if they're a little off kilter also comes the way you ask them and the confidence, and that was not there. So that the, the sure the, at that yeah. time, yeah. And, and, you, and you and loosened up though; even, you, you started chiming in. You know, once you got yeah, going. yeah, yeah. yeah. But even to me, I noticed he's like, "Oh, that's great." He just said yeah. the whole show over to Baco. Yeah, like, well, he didn't yeah.
1: know the backstory though. He just thought nope. it was like, you know, like, well, here's your chance," and you don't even do anything. But
0: uh, nope, because yeah, you've never met Ron or talked to him in the past. This is the the opening there, but uh, and well. that and that leads into this the interview before we were to move into that is the fact that uh, and this is one of the questions I asked too is that I respect uh, even though I've come into Ron Kiel later in his career and everything. He is a person that is example that doesn't listen to those voices. He has that confidence to go mm-hmm. out by himself and doing doing acoustic shows and things like that. And he has had a career that's, you know, just like everybody's life. It's it's up, it's down, things like things like that. And and I respect that. And that's the kind of person that uh, also is an inspiration.
1: Is yeah, but that's point. always one of the biggest things that I, I like. As an artist, I mean, he's not like top ten on my list. I, I mean, I like Keel, and, and I have all pretty much everything Ron's done over his career. I have a, you know on some kind of a format. So I am a, I'm a I'm a fan. That part's real. But I I'm really more fascinated at the idea that this far into his career, he's found ways to kind of just keep it as far as making a living. There's a lot of stories like that, and to me, that's that's more impressive
0: than well, it's definitely more impressive than Vince Neal, who's basically coasted his entire fucking life. Well, that's my point. Is like, for example, you know, just saying I'm gonna now do the Southern Rock thing. That takes that takes a big confidence. That takes not listening to somebody saying that's not gonna work out for you. Right. Is my point. Not listening to those voices and saying fuck it, I'm goddamn Ron Keel and this is what I'm gonna do. Well, and that's what people need to do in general.
1: I shared an analog- a story with you yesterday when we were talking a little bit about today. Uh, that I'll share with the listener with the hope that maybe it could actually help somebody. Uh, it, it's not that big a deal, but. Um, very early on when I, when I first moved to the twin cities, I started this band called Bender and my sister came up and she had a video camera and she videotaped one of our practices and I watched it and you could put it in fast forward and yeah, you, you can see my finger, but that's me at fast forward and that my f- face is down the entire time, except for when I lean into the microphone. Now it was just practice, but I looked at that and I'm like, that's what I fucking look like. And right. it, it, it. If there's a certain self consciousness that that you have to overcome anytime you get in front of a, an audience like that or something like that, I think that was part of your deal too. Is that now we're unlike the last live show we did, there was a decent amount of people that sitting right in front of us. Um, I, you know, when I was when the band was active, I would still get just a little bit of butterflies and stuff like that. But I, that one moment that videotape said, "Get over it." Like what you're saying, right? Nobody right. wants to see that. Nope. So move. Look like an idiot, do whatever, but people, you're going to get better as you do that anyway, but it just, it, it clicked to me. So just, you know, yeah, I don't know how, uh, What there's all sorts of situations where it's speaking in front of a class, things of that nature, anybody that's listening to this that's got to stand in front of a group, you know what I mean? Just just realize they don't want to see somebody who looks like they don't know what the fuck they're doing, so... <laughs> you mean, that's, you mean like that's watching, far, you mean- like, like holding back and dialing it in is worse than... Laying it all out there. It's worse than tripping and falling. You know what I mean? To me, I I just, uh, I would rather see some, I'd rather see, uh, you know how much I love seeing somebody fall off stage. Sure. Uh, I'd rather see that than to see them stare at their shoes.
0: Yeah, and what I always (laughs) say is, listen, if Ricky Rackman can do it, Anybody can. What do you think? Oh, <laughs> I can't believe how much <laughs> grief
1: that guy got for fucking learning bass in five days.
0: <laughs> All jokes. But, I know. But yeah, yeah so, no. Be, so oh, so by the way,
1: uh, I don't think we covered it because uh, I don't know that I even caught it at the time. Um, you almost got Craig Gas to do a spit take. Uh, did you catch that? Uh, I think no. it was a great joke. Uh, uh, Craig was like, "We do this show. You know, some of those artists that like that when you listen to them now, you realize you're not that good." And you're like, "You." And you said, Look well, like, a lot of them are here today."
0: <laughs> I said, "All." I said, "All of them." Yeah, <laughs> some
1: yeah. like that. It was you know it's kind of noisy, so you don't quite get the. But uh, he had a a real hearty barrel laugh, and it, it it made me laugh in the car listening to it yesterday. So
0: well done. Oh, well, that's cool. Nice, nice, yeah, but but in general, that's that's the whole thing. Everybody, listen, we got deep a little deep here, but the whole point is, is just just it doesn't matter if it's a stage fright or anything like that. Just if you're going in there, you're talking to that girl, you're talking to to whatever it is. Just fuck those voices and just be you.
1: That's it. Uh, you think that's enough yapping about this? Should we get to the Ron Keel live yeah, podcast right. recorded live in Nashville, Tennessee at Rockin Pod Twenty Twenty One or? 2020 if it's the Olympics. a clean intro at least
2: all right. nice
1: clean intro are we good all right lc You want to do it, L.C.? Let's do it. Ron Yes.
2: Cobras and Fire.
0: (laughs) Welcome to Cobras and Fire. I'm your host, L.C., and I'm joined as always with Baco and our very
2: special guest, Ron Keel. How are you, sir? I am fantastic. Live the rock. Love you guys. Baco, L.C., great to be back on the show. I think it's my fifth or sixth time. Number six. This will be number six. (laughs) But who's who's counting?
1: I I am.
2: Uh. (laughs) (laughs) And
0: uh, I have... uh, you've done most of the talking, well, all the talking with Ron uh, previously, so I'm going to stand Correct. back for most of this, and everything. but I just want to say, to begin with, that uh, who enjoyed Ron's set last night at the Mercy Lounge? Wow. Yes? Yeah.
2: Very on. good. Thank you.
0: I mean, uh, I just want to give you a compliment real quick is that it's, uh, I think it's a tough thing to being, uh, coming out with an acoustic guitar right after a, a full band, stuff like that, and just keep in with maybe Lowell a little uh, less rocking tunes and just keeping the crowd going, and you, you did it.
2: So I appreciate just- that, and yeah, I enjoyed the set, I think, more than any of, anybody in the audience. I love that challenge, that opportunity to get out there with just my voice, my songs, my guitar, my stories, and uh, entertain people and take them on a journey through my entire life and my career and share my music with them. Uh, of course, it's always great when you've got the full band behind you and you've got the bells and the whistles and the smoke and the effects and the lights and all that stuff. But uh, there's nothing like just being out there in, in your raw element, the way the songs were written and created and sharing those that special moment with those people and, and knowing after about the first verse or chorus of the first song, you, you're they're singing along and you're winning mm. them over. It's a really big challenge and I enjoy that opportunity. I do it uh, often, I've been doing it since uh, 2006 when I released the Alone at Last uh, acoustic album. The first time I did it, I was opening for y at a sold out theater in Las Vegas. And I just released the solo acoustic album and I thought, well I should get out and do some solo acoustic shows, right? And I called up Dave Minichetti from y and he was kind enough to put me on the bill as the opening act. And I walk out there, man, and I tell you, that first time when you walk out with an acoustic guitar by yourself, uh, it's, it's very much like singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl uh, naked. Yeah. Right. Uh, now after, uh, what, 16 years of doing it, it's kind of like, it's much more comfortable. It's like singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl in a Speedo. All right. All right, yeah. In a hot tub. In a hot tub. Yeah. Hot tub! Well, I've, Jump I, back! Like I said, you've, you've been on the show so much.
1: Uh, I've had an opportunity to ask you about anything I'd ever want to, so I decided to dig a little deep this time and ask you questions I don't think you've ever been asked. So these are two things that, that I think everybody is dying to hear. What is it like working with Gene Simmons and Ingve Malmstein?
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> so you know, and we've had this discussion before. The, when you're, uh, you're you know pod- I'm not actually asking know, you're, <laughs> a, you're a podcaster you're interviewing somebody and you ask them what was it like to work with Gene Simmons uh, you you don't want me to answer that question Jason or oh you, oh, I, you, you just can't you do whatever you. I,
1: well I am just messing with you yes he
2: knows you yeah. know, the, 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 the thing to to creating a great interview is asking those detailed questions give me one good Gene Simmons story or give me one one of those moments uh, in time because you can't Put that entire experience into a 30-minute a podcast, but Gene taught me so much about songs about uh, Making great records. He's still the little demon on my shoulder every session that I do uh, how to stack guitars little demon. and uh, How to how to deliver Do it again, Ron you can do it better yeah, no, no. He was, he, he was, he was the opposite. He would, I would do something that would sucked, and Gene said, "That's great. We're gonna Good keep enough. that." Yep, next. You know, that's my biggest regret of those Simmons sessions is that he thought what I had was, you know, it's got the attitude and the aggression and the energy of that wild, young, crazy rock and roller. I think I could have sung it better mm-hmm. at the time, and Gene said, "No, we're keeping that. That's got the attitude." That's why I've gone back and re-recorded some of those songs, like Tears of Fire and Rachel Rock, on my album, Fight Like a Band, because I wanted to sing those songs again and do it right.
1: And uh, to what it's going to say on Blabbermouth tomorrow is that uh, Ron Keel says Gene Simmons mailed
2: it in. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Are, are you guys are obviously delivering a transcript of this interview to Blabbermouth <laughs> yeah. in the morning, right? <laughs> oh. they, don't re- they, 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 they pick
1: and choose what they want. Well, we have nothing they, to they do with it. They
2: love to it. pick on me, man. Oh, well, they,
1: everybody <laughs> from that whole thing, just anybody, they, yeah. they always pick the best photos of Vince Neal for all oh, of his God, uh, little guess. headlines. So. <laughs>
2: Well, you know, you, you Let's talk about Vince.
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm but, kidding. I'm yeah. just
2: kidding.
1: Okay. <laughs> Sounds great Sounds and looks great. Uh, Absolutely. the sound man looks really good. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh Nashville is one of your many homes.
2: Uh, what's it like being back? It's great to be back in Nashville. It's always, I had to come into town a couple of days early because it's always the welcome back to Nashville party with uh, so many good friends that I didn't even have time to make the rounds and see everybody and and, uh, socialize with so many good friends, but the day is not over yet. But some great memories here. I always drive down uh, 17th Avenue South uh, Music Row where I rented an apartment or it was a it was a, a house. Uh, I rented a room in this house uh, for three hundred bucks a month when I was uh, eighteen years old, seventeen, eighteen years old. And every time I come back to town, I I stop in front of that house and, and take a picture to remember uh, walking the streets of Music Row. And Willie Nelson used to jog by the front of the house every morning, and it just felt that <laughs> that energy of of music that uh, is Nashville, and it certainly gave me. Uh, so many great memories and gave me my start in the business with my first band, Steeler. So uh, it's always great coming home.
1: And don't you have in your book like a, a hack on how to get a free pizza?
2: I do. Well, do you, it,
1: I don't think we share it should
2: work nowadays, but man, it fed us. <laughs> Back in the day, that's how, we, that's how we survived. We would pull the pizza scam. And just call. you just find a, a pizza joint in the phone book and you call them up and say, hey, last night... I came in right before you closed and I I got a a pizza and I brought it home to my family and it wasn't Quite cooked. It's like you shut your ovens off early, and the pizza was raw. And my kids I mean, my kids couldn't eat last night, and it was like really terrible. Man, I'm wondering what you can do. Oh, we're very sorry, sir. Why don't you come in and grab a couple of free pizzas on us, and we'll give you some salads and some Coca Colas to go along with that. And we go in and we get free pizzas, and that's how we ate. It was the pizza scam. It worked every time back in the day.
1: Yeah, it'd be a little harder now because they have everything yeah, like it's dialed in. Yeah, uh...
2: nothing. Nothing is—it's not like the '70s anymore. That's for sure. The, the early eighties. But uh, the pizza scam was how we survived, and we started doing it with Chinese food or any, any other <laughs> restaurant. And last night I came in and I got some food, and it was it was not good. It was terrible. It was like uncooked. It was like, oh, come on, man. And then, oh, we're very sorry. Come on in and, and get a free meal on us, and we go in and eat for free. Like,
1: right on. That's
2: that literally. It was either that or. Uh, Get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and split it four ways with each guy in the band drummer bass player lead singer guitar player we'd eat literally a quarter of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich each day these stories aren't anything new to anybody who's uh ramen aerosmith ramen hmm. i mean yeah for a quarter you could feed the whole band <laughs> uh, but it was a tough time and people always look Those were the good old days. That was the 80s, man. It was awesome. And I go, man, it sucked, dude. It sucked. (laughs) I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was just a stupid young kid trying to learn my craft, trying to learn how to sing and play. I was in an abusive relationship. I was starving. I was broke. These days are much better. Those days Hmm. enabled me to get to where I am now. Uh, all the stuff that I went through and all the stuff I experienced back in the 80s was great. There was some really good music. There are some major magic songs uh, on some of those records, but uh, I don't look back on that as, oh, those were the good old days or those were the best times of my life. They were not. These are the best times of my life. Today is the best day of my life until tomorrow. You know, that's very
0: Gene Simmons-like. It is. <laughs> but but it is inspirational. Like uh, mm-hmm. For somebody that, that actually became familiar with your music through... <laughs> through uh, Baco's uh, continuing uh, interviews on our show. Um, I mean, Metal Cowboy and Fight Like a Band, I mean, these are great albums, and, and uh, you usually don't see that this far, you know, at this point in somebody's career. So it's just, it's inspirational. And do you think Thank this is kind of the zone where you
2: want it to be, or? Well,
1: like the Southern rock thing, that kind of seems to right, fit that's you the I mean. best.
2: To me, it's, let me shut the ringer off. Uh, <laughs> to me, it's always a a matter of creating new music i think that's uh, uh, the fans are always asking for it by the way fans are always when are you coming out with something new give me a new keel record and they demanded literally demanded a new keel album Hmm. Uh, we got back together in uh, 2009 for the 25th anniversary reunion did, in my opinion, the best Kiel album ever, *Streets of Rock and Roll*, which to me is absolutely the pinnacle of our achievement as songwriters, singers, musicians, and nobody bought it. Uh, and they're, they're going to do that to me every day. You're hammer. I picked uh, up a copy. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, somebody bought it. I mean, somebody bought it. But it, 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 they want new music, and but. It's not it's not about fan demand. It's about our desire to continue mm-hmm. to create. We have to write, record and release stuff. That's why we got in this business in the first place when we were just kids. We wanted to create something and share it with people. It's just that simple. And whether people buy it or not is out of my control. The biggest selling album of all time sold 66 million copies, Michael Jackson's Thriller. That means billions of people didn't buy it. I sold three million records. It means billions of people don't like what I do or don't want to hear it. I'm cool with that, man. It's my job to create and put it out there and share it with you. And you guys have been huge supporters of mine. I know that Fight Like a Band and South by South Dakota were big on your your recommendations, Mm -hmm. the reviews that you've given me and the the help and support that you've given me on your podcast has been huge because you you listen to them and you enjoy them. Uh, I can't... The people who don't listen or don't enjoy it, that they're they're not my people. You're my people. So for the, I just do what I do to the best of my ability. As long as we can break even or make a little money on it, then we got to keep doing it.
1: And you just released Streets of Rock and Roll. You had a, a small run of of it pressed on vinyl. I can vouch for it. It sounds amazing. If anybody here is a vinyl collector, I know it's for sale over at Ron Keel's booth. I think we're sold uh, out, man. I think we sold out at <laughs> oh, okay. 11 o'clock this
2: morning. I think we have maybe one copy left. Right. I haven't been back to the table in a while, but that vinyl went went quickly. And uh, we're really proud to to have that because I love the vinyl records, man. Back in the day, the artwork, the uh, the experience of opening up a vinyl record, right putting it on a turntable, was, uh, it, it was big for us when we were younger. And I didn't realize how much I missed it until I got the new Streets of Rock and Roll vinyl album. Because there's stuff, you look at the cover and there's stuff I never saw. And I, I helped design the, the damn thing. <laughs> and I'm looking at the detail in the cover and the photos and the lyrics and all that stuff that you miss when you, you have a CD or a download and all that. So I'm really proud of of the recent vinyl releases and hope we, we can keep doing that. As long as we can break even or make a little money, mm. we're gonna keep doing it.
1: Right on. Um... LC, didn't you have some? Uh, you had some questions about his pants you wore last night, yes? Oh
0: yes, I did. Yeah. Yes, I, I was. Uh, well, these, these, are are w- the same, these are not. Welcome to Cobras Fire. Well,
1: these are the kind of things we get in. These are not the same pants. Okay. I have
2: fresh pants today. Yeah. All right.
1: More than one pair of rock and roll pants. That's good stuff, man.
0: Very fashionable. Well done. <laughs> Thank you for what about
1: life. last night though? You, you yes. was kind of was a mix of leather. What was your question?
0: It's, uh- I don't remember, but the whole thing is, is that, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm so segue from that. It was, I think was they it? were black. You were was all into it. They were it black, that, and they were all torn yeah, up. Like, but that's a, a, you're a uh, pure yeah. metal cowboy, and in and, and tribute to you, we've actually tattooed ourselves. Oh, yeah, we
1: wanted to get a picture at the end. Yep. Uh, I don't know if we can see.
0: Oh,
3: but uh, I, I am uh, the aluminum, aluminum cowboy. Oh, we gotta got to do this.
0: That.
1: And I'm, I'm tinfoil oh, ranchero. Gentlemen, would you mind taking a picture for me? Yes,
2: Aluminum cowpoke,
1: and I am a uh, uh, tinfoil Tin ranchero. Uh, can you, can you, yes. uh, Mine's like a little goofy, do I have it? This been, is cool.
2: Right? This is money in the bank right here. And you can read yeah. it? Okay, okay right, This is you. why I got into the business in the first place, for yes. almost like that.
0: Always, always use the gimmick.
2: Oh, man,
1: we should use fatter
0: markers. Yes, that's true. <laughs> it's all right. it's last minute. Yeah,
1: no, it's all good. Uh, yeah, the, by, by the way, you also commented a little bit. And I thought it was a good point that you made about it's difficult to come out and just be like an acoustic performer between that kind of set that uh, it really puts a, a spotlight on, on what you're doing. Uh, any any extra pressure there, or are you
2: just like, fuck it, I'm Ron Keel? Oh, you guys it's, all it's, eat a dick? <laughs> no, it's huge pressure, and I feel it and see it, and the best times... Or when the audience doesn't expect it. Because I did, I've, done, I've toured with Y&T and Quiet Riot and Jackal and other bands where they put my name on the ticket and on the marquee, and people are coming. They see Ron Keel on the marquee. They don't know what the hell they're getting. They walk in, and there's 5,000 people in front of me. And I walk out with the guitar, and you see the look in there. Yeah. yeah. And they're, what the hell is this? And I start into the first song. And then halfway through the first song, they're, they're smiling, mm-hmm. they're nodding their head, they're stomping their feet, they're singing along. And that process of winning them over alone with your just your guitar, your songs, your stories, your, your voice, is a huge reward for me. Uh, of course, I'd always rather be with the band, but there's a certain challenge that's involved in these solo acoustic gigs that uh, makes me feel like like last night you guys were there um, yeah. It. I'd rather have the full band behind me it's it's a lot easier man you know cuz I got the, the thunderous drums behind me and I can hide behind all the smoke and mirrors and bells and whistles and, and loud guitars but there's something to be said for that moment when it's just you you know you it, it's it's like survival in the wilderness it's you know you you're eating bugs and you're sleeping in <laughs> Dirt. It's, it, it's just really natural and really real um, I used to do that back in the day even when I was on tour with keel and this the, the acoustic thing, you were in Kiel oh, <laughs> the acoustic thing goes way deeper than that because I did this we, we were on tour we'd come off the road and back then you'd you'd make a record you'd tour for seven months then you'd be home for six months and there's nothing to do there's you know no no way to get out and perform or you know we didn't have jam nights, or you know, you're mm-hmm. not doing any one-off shows. And for some reason, I would uh, grow beard, walk, take my acoustic guitar into a bar down the road somewhere, anywhere in Southern California, and I'd walk in, and I would make up a fake name. And that's how Ronnie Lee. Came let's about. do this too, right? That let's, was that was your uh, hotel my, name, right? Yes, that's yeah, that okay. was my hotel oh, name. Yeah. I, I'm Ronnie. Um, just came into town from Nashville, and I'd uh, like to sing and play. Can I play for tips? And I'd go on the, the not even a stage, just sit there on the a stool and sing and play. And nobody knew that I was Ron Keel. Mm-hmm. And people would even come up to me and go, hey, man, you look like Ron Keel. And I go, who's that? <laughs> I would sing the Eagles or Bob Seger or Tom Petty, and I would sit there and play. And I'd sit with a little tip chart in front of me not because I needed the money, just because I needed to get back to my roots where I came from and stay grounded. And it kept me grounded. It kept me real to be able to, you know, eight ball, a quarter pocket, now! You know, yeah. And, and I'm trying to you know, just be that same guy that I grew up, that kid that just wanted to play and sing for anybody that would listen. If you didn't want to listen, I'm going to make you listen. And It was... Uh, a very grounding experience for me. And I did that, we came off tour with Bon Jovi in 87 after we played Madison Square Garden, sold out three nights in a row. I went to a little bar down the road. Hey man, can I play? I'll play for free, I'll play for tips. Just to stay grounded, just to make sure that I didn't lose that inner core of who I really was and what made me fall in love with playing music in the first place. So every time I do that solo acoustic gig, like I did last night or like I'm gonna do uh, the rest of my life uh, it, it keeps me real and um, it, it is a challenge uh, especially uh, for an audience for a lot of audiences that don't know a lot of the songs that I do I did uh, South Carolina tour last week I did four shows in South Carolina several were sold out uh, the promotion was great. It was four nights in a row—Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday—at all these venues and uh, throughout South Carolina. And a lot of people I'm playing for, man, they had never heard any of the songs that I'm doing. Um, they might—they know because of the night. A mm-hmm. lot of people know "Tears of Fire," but you're up there for 90 minutes, you know, doing your own solo acoustic gig by yourself. Uh, the stories behind the songs are. Uh, are, are as important as the songs are, how, how they were written and why the song is so important to me, and how 40 years ago I wrote this song called "Serenade" on the Steeler album, how "Tears of Fire" was a, a pivotal moment for us in '86 when it was a hit song on the radio when they'd played Michael Jackson, Bruce Springsteen, Madonna, and Keel. I was
3: like, <laughs> blown away by
2: by that experience listening to the radio and hearing, you know, the the icons, the heroes, the 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 number one hit pop artist and then all of a sudden your song is right there in the mix with theirs. Um, you can't put those moments into, that, that, that's why I tell the stories behind the songs during the gig. Last night, obviously, we were pressed for time. I didn't tell the entire Dobie Gray story about Drift Away, but that's another pivotal moment for me, man. You've heard it before. If, if you've seen the solo acoustic show, I do Drift Away from Dobie Gray uh, because I sang the song to him on a celebrity bus doing a charity event when nobody wanted to hand me that guitar. I was the 23-year-old, long-haired, hungover rock star guy. All these country folk on this bus didn't want to hand me the guitar, but they had to out of courtesy. They just, well, we've got to. It's, it's the right thing to do, and they handed me the guitar. And I look at Dobie Gray sitting across the aisle from me on the bus, and I sang Drift Away. I don't even know why. I'm glad I knew the song, mm. by God to see that transformation in people from the moment when, oh shit, don't hand him the guitar, please don't, please don't let him
1: sing. <laughs> to the metal me, guy. Give
2: me the beat boys, free my soul. I got the whole bus singing along with me. It was uh, one of the transformational moments I'll, I will never forget. And I love sharing those with people. I know a lot of folks have seen the solo acoustic show and heard these same stories. Uh, but I can't. I can't make up new stories uh, about that. Mm. And we got some folks that came last week from Pennsylvania, and they were at every show in South Carolina, and they hear the same story about Dobie Gray, and I psyched this song for Dobie Gray. Mix and, it up, and, man. I can't mix it, man. I, I only know 750 songs. That's what I'm getting. And, I, and there's only 750 stories, so you're going to hear a couple of them <laughs> twice in the course of a year or a tour or whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I enjoy that challenge of doing the solo acoustic gigs. I love the band. The reason. I still do the full band thing and the Ron Keel band is a big show. It's a six piece band with a three man crew and a big production. We've got a train that's built into the drum riser that blows smoke. We've got confetti and we got cannons. We got all kinds of shit. Mm, It's cool. It's a big show. Uh, I don't know how to scale it down. I'm not going to fire my keyboard player and track the keyboards on a computer. Mm. I'm not going to fire my road crew and do it myself. I'm not going to get rid of the truck or the RV or any of that stuff. I mean, uh, it's a big show. It's expensive and it's a big operation, but it keeps me young, keeps me strong, keeps me motivated. It puts me in a position where I am still the leader of the band and I get all my guys from point A to point B and I get them paid. And so uh, it's, it's, of course, the solo acoustic gig is easier. You get on a plane with your guitar and you go to the next town. Uh, I've never looked for the easy way out. if it's easy it ain't worth it so that's why i still do both and the reason i do the solo acoustic gig if they could have had ron keel Ben here last night at mercy lounge my guys would have been here we would have kicked your ass but they couldn't afford it (laughs) it's just the bottom line it's expensive uh, if they can't afford the band, I'll, I'll get on the plane with my guitar and I'll right. go do an event like this.
1: Now you know I've uh, I've always. And your uh, microphone
2: sounds really good, by the way. Is it because you're so close to it? Yeah, well, like uh, yeah.
1: I I uh, you, I'm I'm a professional. Uh, at this well, you, I,
2: Well, I should I should move in. We should start this over. Can we yeah. rewind and start over? And I'll move in closer to the microphone I, so I sound just like Jason
1: pocket <laughs> I, you know, a lot of people aspire for that, uh, but. Yes. Uh, uh, I I think you're loud enough though. Uh, I, um,
2: <laughs> well, uh, can you hear me? Are you getting this in the rear?
1: Yeah, the rear. <laughs> Say, Can you rephrase that?
2: <laughs> All right. Okay.
1: Oh it was boy! There. I had to take it. We, uh, Ron, we have a little bit of a surprise for you. We're going to take a bit of a left turn now. Yes, oh we no! Are.
2: Left turn! I love left turns. All, All
1: right. right. So for uh, people who have listened to Hello. Me, this, I did a summer sidecast this year called "Suns Out, Mike's Out," and I just basically. Oh, I would be actually do my impersonation of Ron Keel. I'd pack up my acoustic guitar and go visit some of my local buddies in the Twin Cities in Minnesota where I'm from. And we would just share stories, talk about summertime memories, and then at the end we'd whip out a song. But right before that, we would play a little game that I like to call, who said it, Ted Nugent or. Now, I'm <laughs> going to just explain it for the listeners and anybody that doesn't know the rules. So I, I basically have a quote and they're both gonna play. My co-host, uh,
3: co-host oh, LC yes, has ahead.
1: has not had an opportunity yet. And I'll even let let the the people in the audience you you can well show a hands to me. And what
2: going. do we win if we win? Uh, cold Hello. course right. light.
1: Okay. <laughs> half a <of> course, <laughs> half a course
2: light.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, I'll give you two choices. Well, I can
2: just peek at the answers. These kinds of well,
1: line. I actually have to turn now. I've already kind of uh, I have a, I have this all mapped out, man. <laughs>
2: Sorry, <dude>. Left turn. <laughs>
1: Here we go. you doing it? (laughs) All right. Yeah, good thing this thing's on a swivel.
3: All
1: right. So, yeah, pretty simple, right? I just give a a quote, give you two choices, and you tell me who said it. Come on, man. Hold on. I need to keep score. All right. All right. So, let the games begin. Are you guys ready?
2: Yes. If you stay ready. You ain't gotta get ready.
1: Mm, we're back at that. All nice, right. Nice callback. It's a uh, hallmark of our show. All right. Who In said the hot the tub? Point? We're gonna open up with a doozy here. I don't know. This one's probably gonna get, uh, get you thinking here, Ron.
3: We have to hit a buzzer or something. No, I think no. It's, you just go. No, no. no I'll,
1: yeah, I'll, I'll Yeah, I'll let you. You know, just everybody. No. There's no. There's no. Yeah. Yeah. You, everybody gets an opportunity. So you're either right or wrong. It doesn't matter. All right, who said the following? I've been on the keto diet for a couple of months, and it's paying off. I can make the Ron Keel chili. Was that Ron Keel or Ted Nugent? Who likes to go first, Elsie? Hmm. I usually have music kind of playing. I'm going to say that was
0: Ron Keel, because he injected his name into the conversation. Mm. Yes?
2: Ron? I think it was Ted Nugent because Ted Nugent loves my chili. Is that your uh,
1: official answer?
2: Yes. Sure. <laughs> okay.
1: How about a show of hands? Who thinks it's Ron Keel? Who thinks Ted Nugent uh, loves his chili? <laughs> that was said live on Cobras and Fire, so you know it wasn't Ted Nugent. That was All Ron right. Keel. Yes! One point for LC. All right. All right, the next quote I got. This is uh, who said the following. Was this Ted Nugent or Former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. <laughs> Ted Nugent or Newt Gingrich. All right. The people I surround myself with are so inspir- such an inspiration. They're so motivational. They're so dynamic and positive. They, you really can't stop that positive force when everything and everyone around you is so
0: positive. Was that Ted
1: Nugent or former Speaker of the House, Ted Newt Gingrich?
0: <sighs> I'm going to go with Newt because there wasn't any, any mention of killing animals in that, in that
2: sentence. <laughs> I think that was Ron Keel. <laughs> I don't, I'm sure you understand the rules. You, I know you don't yeah. like Ted Nugent or Newt Gingrich, so Newt Nugent, I think, said that. Newt Nugent. Newt Nugent. Uh, this isn't about who I like and cheat. don't like. That's a very That's a cheat.
1: That's a cheat. Uh, yeah. on, give us one. Come on.
2: That has to be Newt Gingrich. Ted Nugent would uh, be a little more uh, colorful with his verbiage, I believe.
1: I'm sorry, Ron, with that. Oh, I'm sorry. Audience, I guess I tipped my hand oh. now. And, uh, oh. That was Ted Nugent.
2: It was Ted damn Gingrich. So
1: that LC's got two in a row now. Now for those listening, the record is eight. Don Jamison got eight of these, and he's actually contesting one of them. Um, so he thinks he got nine. Uh, nobody else has got higher than six. Yeah. Uh, and, and to I, me, back I there, am, I think I am higher good. than six right now. Well. <laughs> right. Uh, but since the prize is just a half-drink Coors Light, it's really not that big a deal. <laughs> <All
2: right.
1: laughs> not a lot at stake. Okay, who's at the following, Ted Nugent or Dirty Harry? Fictional character, Dirty Harry. <laughs> Nothing wrong with shooting as long as the right people get shot. Was that Ted Nugent or Dirty Harry? You going- go first. <laughs> that, was, not- that was Dirty Harry. Okay, what do you think, Elsie?
0: No, that's, that's 100% Nuge.
1: <laughs> okay, what about the audience? Was that Ted Nugent? Anybody think of Dirty Harry? That was Dirty Harry Callahan. Damn it! So that is one point for Ron Keel. Which movie? <laughs> Come on. You don't do your research? I did, but I cut it down just so I had only the quotes. Okay. I mean, I'm going to say it's from the Deadpool. All right. Who said the following, Ted Nugent or Kid Rock? When the law disarms good guys, bad guys rejoice. This is basically Whew. a, a, a pick'em, but uh, Ted Nugent or Kid Rock? Man you want this first?
0: That was Ted Rock. Damn it! All right. Now I'm I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Nugent this one too because it didn't have big ass or whatever like big ass honky tonk big ass everything like that. So it's not Kid Rock.
1: All right, what I do you got, a Nugent or Kid Rock? I'm, Come on. I'm going with Nuge on that one. You guys both get a point there. Oh, I'm sorry. I keep forgetting to ask the audience. Come Look, on. This Your aspect game. is very new to me. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Was uh, it Jason Bakken or Elsie? Ron, Ron is buying a round of beer for everybody, for my mistake. But yes. Uh, <laughs> that may not be true. Um, all right, who said the following? Uh,
2: so can we get a bartender or a waitress in here real quick?
1: <laughs> get a waitress in here. I'll buy a round
0: for the house. I'm what? Doing. Oh, my goodness. What a great guy.
1: <laughs> Who said the following? Uh, Ted Nugent or feminist Gloria Steinem? Mm. Ted Nugent or Gloria Steinem? Only an abuser can make the decision to stop abusing. Was that Ted Nugent or Gloria Steinem? <laughs>
3: okay. Went
0: a little
1: heavy on that one. A little book, heavy on folks. that one.
3: Um, man.
2: It seems like a switcheroo. Mmm. Mmm. I just I'm want you to know that the only place you can get quality entertainment like this is on the Cobras and Fire podcast, all right? Cobrasandfire.com. Right on. Thank you, Ron. Thanks for the plug. <sighs> that was I'm, Gloria Steinem. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to
1: go Gloria.
0: I'll, I'll go Gloria Steinem. Audience, who thinks it's
1: Gloria Steinem? Yeah. What about Ted Nugent?
0: That was the Nuge. Damn it! I no! did a switcheroo, switcheroo. I
2: figured that's why that was a. Sucker. I knew that. I just wanted to kind of steer you in a different right. direction. Okay.
1: <laughs> Who said the following? Was this Ted Nugent or former Green Bay Packer quarterback Brett Favre? Wisconsin's a special place. Was that Ted Nugent or Green Bay Packer Brett Favre?
2: You actually. D- Stayed up all night working on shit. Yeah, That's a lot of <laughs> research. About, about 14 minutes. 14. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's all night. That's got to be uh, Brett Favre. Yeah.
0: I'm going to go with Nugent on this one. Okay. Ooh, all right. Because, uh, well, uh, I, I think oh. it's the
2: switch.
1: Audience, Brett Favre. What about Ted Nugent? That was Brett Favre. So <sighs> Ron Keel ties it up. He's, it's, we got nice a tight game here. Right.
0: How many we got left?
1: Just, uh, well, well yes. I think four. Okay. But uh, anyway. Good lord. All right, who said the following? Was this Ted Nugent or Charles Manson?
2: (laughs) Jason's a big Ted Nugent fan, I'm sure you can tell. (laughs) You eat meat, he's quotable. Yeah, Yeah. he is.
1: You eat meat with your teeth and you kill things. Was that Ted Nugent or Charles Manson?
2: (laughs)
0: Wow, I'm, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to keep, you know what, I'm going to do this just like I did my, my tests in, uh, in, in school, I'm just going to keep going Nuge, just, just right down the line, okay. one, of, one of the times yeah. it's going to
2: hit. Ted Manson. <laughs>
0: You're
2: going to keep doing it. Nuge, no, it's Nuge. All right, what about, audience, who thinks Charles Manson?
1: Uh, one guy, all right, Sean Cullen, uh, what about uh, Nuge, is everybody's Nuge? That was Charles Manson. Oh, damn. Still three to three, we've got a couple more here left, all right. Everyone include. oh, I'm sorry. Who said the following? Uh, <laughs> duck Dynasty patriarch uh, Phil Robertson or Ted Nugent? <laughs> um, everyone, including Hillary Clinton, knows Hillary is an unsavory and unethical scoundrel and an, an obvious accomplished liar. Was that Ted Nugent live on stage or was that uh, Phil Robertson, uh, the inventor of the, the duck whistle?
0: Again, I'm just going to keep it boring. I'm going I'm going mm. It's Bill Clinton. <laughs>
2: if there's a third he, choice, he'd yeah. he never had sex with that woman.
3: <laughs>
2: there
1: you go. You know, I guarantee Bill definitely said this.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but he's not one of the choices. <laughs> what were my choices? Again? Uh, Are you gonna ask the
1: audience this time? Bill Robertson or Ted Nugent? Glorious <laughs>
2: uh. I'm, I'm going with L.C. with the Nuge.
1: All right, what do we think? Is this a Nuge? <laughs> what about Phil Robertson, Duck Dynasty guy? All right. That was Phil Robertson from Duck Dynasty. Oh, all right, so you got two left here. These are your, your last two chances to either split the tie or end in a tie. In either way, it doesn't matter. We're just trying to make people laugh. All right. who it's said? Working. All right, that's good. <laughs> who said the following, uh, Ted Nugent or rapper Eazy-E? Was this Ted Nugent or Eazy-E? <laughs> The war is coming to the streets of America, and if you're not practicing with your guns, then you will be helpless. Was that E Z E e or Ted Nugent? St. Nuge. St. Okay, yeah, right. The war is coming to the streets of America, and if you're not practicing with your guns, then you will be helpless.
0: No, I'm, I'm just going Nuge again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to keep it going this way.
2: Well, it certainly wasn't Joe Biden that said that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's doing this for my benefit.
1: <laughs> I love you, man. I love you, too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with the nudge. <laughs> All right. You guys both get a point. That was Ted Nugent. I knew it. All right. Here's the last one. This one's a ringer, though, okay? Who said the following, Ted Nugent or Cobras and Fire co-host Baco? <laughs> How fucked up is the NFL that they allow this in the workplace? Was this Ted Nugent or was this me on one of <laughs> our podcasts?
0: Well, I can't answer that. Allow what? I know in the, the workplace.
1: What do they allow in the workplace? That the quote is cut for a very specific reason. Well, I guess what it was it was. Uh... Hmm. No, I, I can't. I can't say more. Yeah. Because
2: it was you. <laughs> It was you, yes, Baco. Baco gets my vote on this one. That's
1: correct. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, audience, because we all me, listen yeah. to the uh, Cobras uh, and Fire right. podcast at cobrasandfire.com.
1: Uh, uh, you both ended with a five. Well done. Thank all you for right. being a good support. as always, Ron. You are always a kick ass guy. I you know what you haven't done is talk about, like you know, the you just did that little tour. There is video footage
2: yeah. of, of some of that stuff. Where can they okay. people find that if they want to go? ronkeel.com it's my one-stop shop and i know we've had we've had myspace and facebook and all that stuff and all these social media platforms but i don't trust any of them uh completely but i know ronkeel.com has been there since 1999 and it's going to be there for 20 more years to come you can always find me message me the subscription platform uh on patreon which is fantastic. It's a great
1: uh, Patreon, it really uh, I relate
2: fan. to all of my people all over the world on patreon.com slash ronkeel. 6 dollars is an all-access membership, and you really, you get to come in my house every day with me, and mm. I, I interact with people. I'm also a supporter of Cobras and Fire on Patreon as well. Uh, it's a no, great we gotta platform. start getting,
1: doing something on ours, like Ron, we need to take some tips from this guy. Yeah,
2: <laughs> uh, it's a great platform to uh, interact with your fans worldwide on a daily basis. It's kind of like what we did today, Here at Rockin' Pod, only we do it online. And uh, I try and post as much uh, exclusive content, video, audio, hundreds of unreleased songs and concerts and live performances, live streams, uh, interaction, voice lessons, songwriting workshops, everything that I can possibly do. Uh, And I do spend a certain amount of money every month. I've got an allotment that I will use to support Decibel Geek podcast, uh, Cobras and Fire and uh, some artists and uh, other people that are creators uh, on that Patreon platform. You can get there through my website, ronkeel.com. You can join up for $6.99. If you don't like it, you can bail anytime. But uh, I, I love that ability. I learned how to do that when my wife had cancer a few years back. I had to learn how to work from home before the pandemic even started. Uh, it was obviously that I'm gonna be there with her throughout chemotherapy and radiation and multiple surgeries. How do I do this from home? We had a cabinet full of masks and uh, we were sterilizing every light switch and every remote control and everything because she was going through cancer. Her, her immune system was uh, compromised at the time. So uh, we learned how to deal with pandemic style situations years ago. And that gave me the ability to entertain people online. And now I'm taking people online. They're going to see highlights and hear highlights from this day when I get back to the hotel later on tonight. Um, Actually, I'm already at the hotels. (laughs) But uh, Thanks for giving me the opportunity to plug that. It's uh, ronkeel.com. Cobras and Fire. Uh, Appreciate your support. I'm glad to be... uh, Winding up my sixth interview with you guys. I can't thank you enough for the support. I love what you guys do, and I enjoy it, and I appreciate our friendship.
1: It's always a pleasure. Uh, did you have anything else?
2: No.
0: Thanks, uh, Ron. That was great. A round of and applause uh, for, oh, for Rocky. applause Hill. for Ron, and also, come on, give it up for the, game, the Nuge game over here. Yeah
2: pause. I'm now retiring that's, at it. It's that's right, what guys named Ron go through at the age of 60. It's called Rona pause. Oh, right. <laughs>
1: Perfect. All right. All right. All right. And, and thank, thank you, everybody, you. for sticking around. It was, everybody. It. it was a blast.
2: That was awesome, guys. Thank you. Take me now, baby, here as I am. Pull me close, try and understand. Desires, hunger is the
3: fire I breathe
0: I'm your host, LC, and I am joined, as always, with the travel-weary Baco. How are you, sir?
1: Oh, man, I just got done uh, with an 80-sheeter dump. Does that tell you anything? All right, then. Thank you very much.
3: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.